Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, And binge on those videos, which which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Welcome to Trade Show University, the ultimate resource for marketers, planners, and business owners looking to create results, increase revenue, and maximize their ROI for upcoming trade shows. We'll help you navigate the complexities of trade shows, set the right goals, find true success, and get the most out of each experience for you and your team. It's time to get your PhD in ROI with your host, the man with over 25 years of trade show experience, Jim Cermak. Welcome to Trade Show University. I am your host, Jim Cermak. Really excited to have you here today as we're going to be talking about a really, really cool topic, which is account-based marketing. And I'm really, really excited because at this time when we're recording this, we're starting to see some daylight coming out of the pandemic and starting to hear a lot of chatter about people really looking forward to planning for trade shows again, which is, which is exciting for me. And, and I think that's exciting for the whole company or whole country, I should say, uh, when businesses are starting to think about that, because there's so many businesses that are, that are tied to the trade show industry that have been hurt really, really badly. So having, that's going to make such a huge ripple effect in a positive way throughout the country and, and throughout North America. So really excited about that. But really excited uh, to have introduced to you uh, the guest on the show today, who is an expert in account-based marketing, and we're going to see how this can impact your trade show efforts. So, Carmen Perry is the co-founder of Kula Partners, which is an agency that helps leading B2B manufacturers craft digital experiences that transform how they engage buyers, how they serve their customers, and how to outpace their competition online. He's also the co-host of the Kula Ring podcast for manufacturing marketers. Combining three decades of marketing and communications experience with a distaste for the ordinary. I love that. Carmen joins us to share unique insights on B2B marketing and sales. So Carmen, welcome to Trade Show University. Uh, Say hello to our trade show warriors out there and give us a little bit more information about your company, Kula Partners. Well, Jim, first off, thank you for that kind introduction. It's great to be chatting with uh, you and your listeners today. And uh, yeah, Kula Partners, I mean, we've um, been around for a, a quite a while now, it seems. And I always say I have, it seems like I'm getting more and more gray hair by the day to prove it, you know. But um, yeah, we, uh, we work with manufacturers uh, across North America and helping them uh, improve their uh, uh, their digital marketing performance. I shouldn't say just digital, but I will say that the uh, firm's uh, emphasis and uh, tends to to be more on the digital side for sure. And and of course, these days that um, that means account based marketing. And I'm really excited to be chatting with you about that today and how we can apply it to the world of trade shows. Excellent. Really, really want to dive into that. So for, for those who are listening or unfamiliar with the, the term account-based marketing, give us a little overview of, of what that's all about. 
Yeah, I think it's probably best to not abstract it too much. I mean, for most um, people, look, an account-based marketing approach could well be, you know that you want to sell to company X and company X has a billboard outside of their headquarters and you buy that billboard with a message message targeting company X. I mean, in a very rudimentary sense, that would be account-based marketing. You're really uh, putting a piece of marketing out there that's only really uh, meant to be consumed by one target account or one group of prospects, potentially. So really, in today's day and age, it, you kind of imagine that in a more digital sense, of course. So account-based marketing, meaning, uh, I always say it starts with the end in mind. It starts with knowing who you want to uh, target and identifying that that, that, that target account list. So it, it typically fits really nicely with um, organizations that have a relatively niche uh, total addressable market. And uh, it's really about how do you uh, identify where those people are um, and serve them um, ads and monitor their buying intent uh, in a way that's um, uh, uh, targeted and efficient versus having to invest in, um, uh, shall we say, more consumer-focused media properties trying to carry a business message. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. And and it sounds like as, as you're talking – I'm getting a lot of thoughts about trade shows, obviously, because if you're going after a specific customer, a specific company that is inside a niche market, and that niche market is holding, that industry is holding a trade show, that your your message may also resonate with others. If that is, hopefully that is true, that's uh, your thoughts as well. Give us a little bit of thoughts about um, about account-based marketing in the trade show world. Yeah, and I should apologize to the listeners and tell them that uh, they're going to hear probably a, 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 the word a niche and niche uh, pronounced uh, differently between Jim and I. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, being an unapologetic Canadian here, I can't bring myself to say niche naturally. So I, uh, I always go to niche. Uh, but nevertheless, yes. Um, uh, so when you think about a, a trade show uh, presence for and look an awful lot of my clients B two B manufacturers they you know some would look at their their marketing budgets and see 60, 70, 80 percent of that marketing spend going to a trade show presence in some way shape or form it's a significant investment and very often um, when pushed uh, at all uh, to talk about the ROI of those investments you'll find manufacturing marketers are often suspect of or suspicious, you know, should we, there's typically a, a number of shows on the calendar that um, uh, maybe uh, they're, they're not so sure they should attend anymore, but some salespeople insist upon it or just been what we've always done anyway or whatever. And then the ROI of the whole endeavor is often uh, cast in, in question. Um, uh, from an, bringing ABM to that, is I, I think an answer to so many problems. So let's just kind of unpack that a bit, if you will. If you're going to a trade show, uh, you really ought to know who you're trying to sell to and who is likely to be there that is in your target uh, uh, client list. And if you don't know that, well, that's probably mistake number one. But let's assume you can get over that hump and we can actually wrap our arms around uh, the people that are going to be at the trade show or likely to be at the trade show that we are able to sell to and we want to sell to. How are we working to uh, engage those target accounts in advance of the show? How are we advertising those accounts, email outreach to those accounts, potentially phone calls or what have you to those accounts? 
uh, appointment setting for uh, the trade show uh, that the sales team is going to be at the trade event. That entire approach I have found to be sorely lacking amongst most uh, B2B manufacturers. They get as far as having a booth and having uh, some decent folks in it, um, but they don't think about what they're doing in advance of the show, wrapping their arms around a target account list. They don't think about what they're doing at the show to uh, encourage uh, digital lead capture, and they certainly don't think about what they're doing post-show um, uh, to, to nurture those contacts and, and move the ones that didn't have a sales meeting through to a point when they do. Um, so to me, taking an account-based marketing approach to trade shows is really uh, doing that, is thinking that the, uh, the trade show starts long before it opens and it ends long after it closes. You are speaking my language. Uh, this is a lot of the same things that I, when I talk to companies about setting goals for a trade show, it is all about, it's not just at the show, it's what are you doing before the show? What are you doing during the show to capture those leads? Like you said, how do you digitally capture those leads? What kind of uh, communications are you making before the show? And then also after the show, long after the show, how are you continuing to do your follow-up and your communications to those, uh, those leads or those sales that you captured at the show? This is just spot-on stuff. And tell us, now you work with a lot of manufacturers. What are the challenges that you see that manufacturers have uh, versus maybe some other, other types of industries? Well, it might be a little difficult for me to talk about the other industries since I'm so focused on manufacturing candidly. So to compare and contrast, it might, might, be, might be difficult. Um, uh, but I, I, I would say that um, where every marketer that has a target account list that they need to reach out to before a show, where they, where they tend to fall down, and I think it's an increasing challenge with today's privacy laws, is really, you know, the, what... What tools do they have um, in the bag, as it were? Um, and how can they reach out to those uh, target prospects? Um, increasingly, in many jurisdictions, uh, cold email outreach is not legal. I know that uh, so many people still choose to do it, of course. Often, uh, LinkedIn outreach would be a, a second choice. Uh, if you're trying to reach uh, engineers, as an example, so that would be one example of uh, a potential unique use case for, for manufacturers. They're often selling into uh, an engineering department of another manufacturer, and most people aren't on LinkedIn either, or very rarely. Mm-hmm. It's not like, a, you know, they're not as, as frequent to that platform as, say, maybe if you were targeting marketers. Um, so then, you know, you just don't have a lot of clubs in the bag to uh, to be able to connect with these people. Um, in the past, we've we've done things at the trade show, um, uh, you know, a geographic targeting of the trade show venue, for instance, using Google Ads, um, so that you can really tightly focus a display ad at the show. Hopefully, you're catching your prospects as they're on their phone, checking the weather or what have you for the day. But that is. Um, you know, that, that's been that in terms of what they could do. I'm probably you know, not including every possible tactic here, of course, but, uh, but what account-based advertising, a component of account-based marketing allows them to do is um, uh, serve display advertising that's focused exclusively on that target account list to a, to a target account uh, at, a, at a single account level if they want. So it's, it's a, it really does revolutionize in many ways 
the um, uh, ability for a firm to get out in front uh, of the trade show and, and really build uh, excitement and awareness of what they're going to be doing at the show in, in advance. Um, so I, I think it's a, uh, to, to me, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of an obvious one. And the thing I like about it is that if you get really good at this, if you get really good at identifying target accounts and getting in front of them, well, then when something happens like COVID-19 and the trade show all of a sudden is removed from the center of that, you still have a pretty compelling sales and marketing engine that you can engage. Uh, you can insert something else in, instead of a trade show and to, uh, to, to convene around. Uh, but if you can still reach those prospects, that's often the most difficult part, isn't it, Jim? Oh my gosh, you are so right. You are so right. And, and I, I have a, a long background in, in manufacturing myself. And I, I see especially the smaller companies that may not have, they might have one person dedicated to marketing and then they're not using an outside firm kind of like yours. This is where they struggle. This is where they struggle is they, they just don't know how to reach out to to prospect they don't know how to find those customers and so when they get to a they get to a trade show they're frustrated because people don't know who they are and they haven't done their homework and done, done that advanced marketing to kind of spark the embers if you will to get people uh, coming to their booth and asking questions and then they don't typically know how to work a show either to really capture people's attention while they're there at the show and then they leave frustrated again looking at what was our roi on that on that show and and not really be able to to, uh, pull all the all the uh, the key components to, to put that roi together and then they and they may never do that show again or may, may be soured on shows altogether. And how often, Jim, do they just in that moment uh, start to use the, well, we reconnected with some of our important current customers at the show, and that was a really important part of our ROI. How often does that get trotted out as the, you All know, the almost time. the, yeah, exactly. All the, and I hear, that, I hear that now. It's like, well, we've got to be at that show because our customers are going to be at the show. It's like, well... Do, does your customer have a phone? <laughs> can, do, can you go visit your customer? You, know, you don't need to go to Las Vegas just to see your current customer. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a really uh, interesting thing that organizations, sales organizations in particular, tend to fall victim to is that, uh, you know, it's really easy to get you. I, I mean, I, I remember an old uh, company that I worked for uh, in the, the early days, and we go to Chicago every year for a major uh, event. And, uh, you know, we, we had dinner at the same place every year uh, with the same clients. <laughs> you know? And I look, I looked forward to the steak uh, and martinis more than probably anybody. But um, uh, you had to really wonder if from, if from a pure marketing perspective, if that was a, the right spend. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right there. And, and you, make a, you make a good point, especially what we're going through, everybody is going through right now. I mean, COVID-19 did not just pick one industry to hit. Uh, it picked every industry to hit, uh, just about. And so what are you doing today to prepare yourself in case something like this happens again? And it doesn't have to be a, a huge catastrophic event, but maybe it's something that if there is a, you know, a natural disaster that takes out one of your plants or, or takes out your technology or whatever the case might be, how are you prepared to continue to move forward to be able to connect with and communicate with your, your key customers, your key clients? And uh, you brought up a, you brought up geo-targeting and Google ads. 
there are so many new, I'll say new within the past couple of years, new tools that are, that are powerful in connecting. Uh, and I'm sure that you are, are well-versed on a, on a lot of those and you probably see new ones that are coming out at light speed almost. Do you have any, any favorites or uh, any, any ones that have gotten some, uh, some great results from, for some of your clients? I mean, when we speak about the account-based advertising, I mean, the platform that uh, we typically choose, although we are a fairly platform agnostic uh, agency across the board, but um, we are partnered with uh, Terminus um, on the account-based advertising side. We just find that they, especially for uh, North American-based manufacturers, um, their ability to connect with the target account list is pretty unparalleled in the space. Um, so that, that piece of software, if, if your listeners want to kind of check it out a little bit, um, would be a, a, a place to start to begin to understand um, kind of some of the technology that's at play that moves, say, beyond the, the standard kind of Google Ads type of approach or what have you. I hope that answers your question, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen any, uh, you know, especially when you're looking at uh, when your, your clients go to a show, Anything that you've done that has been an out, kind of an outside of uh, the box success? That uh, something that you're like, we're gonna we're gonna try this uh, for this account. Obviously, uh, you being on the on the agency end, you know what works and what doesn't work. You have uh, your favorites uh, that you go to as far as techniques and tools and things like that. But something that was was a huge success that you would you'd like to share, maybe a little case study. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm gonna because this is so. Um, I mean, so you're to use another golf kind of analogy, I suppose. Like you're kind of in, you're encouraged in this moment to talk about that time when you like blasted a 300 yard drive down the middle or something. But what I'm gonna more tell you is like about a gimme putt that almost anybody can do. <laughs> um, um, because it, to me, it's just it's the lowest hanging of fruit. And for that marketer that you just described a few moments ago, that one that finds themselves maybe even the sole marketer in a, a smaller manufacturer and they are, are resource constrained um, just pulling together the presence frankly is um, uh, for the trade event is, is about all they can do or manage. Um, it, 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 if you're that marketer, there's a good chance that something in your uh, marketing toolkit somewhere, there's a, there's an ebook of sorts or something that can be turned into some sort of a, a valuable download. And uh, anybody that's been looking at inbound marketing over the last 10 years knows kind of what I'm talking about there. Just frankly, try to find anything that connects with what you're promoting at the trade show that can be uh, made available for download. And with the use of an iPad, and um, a conversion form on that iPad that doesn't have uh, uh, tracking cookies in it. That way uh, you don't kind of get bad data in your marketing automation system. Um, just doing that um, can turn uh, a meh uh, trade show presence into one where you actually have a list of leads afterwards that's meaningful and you can follow up and connect with. Um, and time and again, we've employed that type of uh, technique just to get somebody started down that path and they're blown away by how it changes, how they can uh, analyze the, the, the ROI of the show and, and frankly, how they can prove their worth to sales. And, um, and when they look back on it, they just frankly get more leads out of those shows than they had previously. That's an outstanding piece of advice. Uh, so for all, all the trade show warriors listening out there, You've got information. You've got something that makes your company special and different that can help set you apart. 
turn that information, just like Carmen said, into an ebook, into a white paper, something that's downloadable, you can offer at no charge, but displays your value, displays how you're special, why you're different, and gives you that key connection and that, that email address that you now got uh, in exchange for that piece of value that you're giving to, you, to them, showing how good you are, how, how special you are, and now you're able to make that connection and start that important conversation that could lead to future sales. And having Great. that kind of passive, uh, and having that kind of passive lead capture at the booth. You know, not everybody wants to just come right up and talk to a salesperson and feel like they're being sold too hard or whatever, right? So, it does uh, kind of ease the way in for people too. I find. Absolutely, yeah. There's there's a lot of people that uh, <laughs> they they have that they have that mindset or or that demeanor that as soon as you start uh, talking to them, they almost like gets they look spooked a little bit and then back away. They they don't want it. They just want to come in. They want to get their information. They know what they're looking for, and you want to give them a way to to do this in a very uh, non threatening manner <laughs> so that you could get them because it, that may be. Uh, a very, very important contact for you down the road, but you wouldn't know it if you just pounce on them. Uh, so you got to kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting, it's funny. We were chatting earlier about my former place of employee with the Chicago trade shows and, um, and, uh, and the steak dinners. And I just was thinking, you know, geez, Jim, if they didn't have a piece of downloadable content about their people have been going to that show for the last 20 years, so they happen to know the top six best steak restaurants in Chicago or within walking distance of the, of the trade venue or something like that, offer that for a download. At least it's useful content, you know. I bet you'd still get some sign-ups. Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea. So listen to that. Yeah, where are you at? Where is the trade show? What kind of value can, can you give to people? Maybe just that's totally different. That's a, a great way to stand out from amongst the crowd. Everyone else is offering, offering things about their company. You are offering something that is going to take them away a little bit and give them a great recommendation, like, like Carmen said, to the best steakhouses in the area, or whatever. Yeah, if somebody, might, uh, yeah, yeah if somebody tells me idea. the best, uh, here's the best bar for an old fashioned in this city. Uh, I'm gonna convert on that download. <laughs> I love it. You know, come on, you're, you're there at a trade show for a few days. This is information you need to know, I reckon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause that, and that is so critical. The time, not just on the trade show floor, but it's the time afterwards at the networking events, the going out, uh, going out to a bar with an important uh, prospect or a client where you can have that one-on-one -on -one time and really uh, dive in in a more casual atmosphere. Take advantage of that. And you're giving, by having that kind of a, a download, you're giving people a tool to facilitate that kind of, uh, those kind of relationships and those kind of meetings and networking. Great stuff. Great stuff. And totally out of the blue. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Hey, as, as we're talking about trade shows, do you have a favorite trade show memory or something that was actually most memorable man um we were at this uh, trade show it's been i think it's been like two or three two about two years ago maybe three so it's not that long i won't get into too deep, too many details because i want, don't want to throw the organization under the bus too hard but it, it was a, a trade event centered around digital transformation for manufacturing 
um, which uh, when you're an agency that helps manufacturers with digital transformation of the marketing and sales apparatus, it's pretty, seems like it might be a pretty good idea. The difficulty with this conference, which we should have thought of going in probably, it was a bit of pay to play. You could tell that like there's nobody there really on merit. Everybody's there because they're paying to be on stage or what have you. So the, the programming was quite um, stacked as a result, I guess. And, and I guess before going there, my inclination would have been that that may not have offered the most value to conference participants. But, you know, it's been going on for a number of years. They seem to get a considerable number of attendees. Why not give it a go? Mm-hmm. And uh, the opening uh, speech that was from somebody who would have actually been a, a prospect there, not somebody who's there exhibiting, try to, trying to sell to participants. When they were talking, they gave out their contact information. Uh, you, know, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me here. And then uh, unless you're here trying to sell something to the participants of this show, in which case you can find me on Google+. <laughs> Like I, a platform nobody uses. So, and it was, it was the in that moment that kind of set the stage. And every time somebody uh, at the conference spoke that wasn't somebody who was trying to sell something, but was rather, uh, a, you know, one of the thought leader attendees or what have you, um, it was undeniably vendor hostile. So you had this really weird situation where you had all these people paying to be there and display to this group of uh, buyers and the buyers uh, had complete disdain for them. Wow. <laughs> like collectively. And uh, you sat there and watched that. And it was the, it was the, it was a really, really quite fascinating uh, to, to just watch it unfold. Um, which, uh, to the earlier comment regarding the old fashions, I probably spent more time doing that at that trade event rather than spending any time at the show after I had <laughs> engaged with some of that. But, uh, nevertheless. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's almost like they, uh, well, we have to have vendors here because someone's got to pay for this thing. But we don't want you, you here. <laughs> and, and you would think that somebody along the way would have had the smarts to connect those dots and to, and to kind of um, connect those dots in a more kind way, potentially, and encourage appreciation for each other's role in the event. Uh, but there was just none of it. It was pretty brutal. I mean, when people are working anti-salesperson um, uh, messaging into their slide decks, um, that's... Uh, uh, yeah, to say it's seller hostile is, uh, is to put it mildly. Oh, that's awful. Just awful. Sorry, to say. <laughs> sorry, it was a negative experience for you, but oh, yeah, you, I've, you, I've, you almost learn more from the negative stuff, don't you? you I know, my, I had a manager in this uh, grocery store that I worked at in high school. He's like, I think probably the worst manager ever, and I feel like as a, I've learned so much about how to be a decent manager from watching him be a bad one. Yeah. It's so true. So true. And it, it, I was just talking with my son last night. My son's his birthday is today. <laughs> he turned 22 years old today. We were talking last night about he was on a team. <laughs> it's, it's almost kind of humorous. And I, I digress just for a minute here for the, the point of the story. Uh, but he was on a, a, a team in a very small league that only had two teams. <laughs> and so the two teams played each other 10 times. And that was the season. He was on a team of really, really good players. This was grade school level, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the collegiate level or anything. And the other team was awful. They were just horrible. The worst player on his team was, would have been by far the best player on the other team. 
And of course, his team was undefeated for the year, and he loved it. I said, "Yeah, you were undefeated, but you did you you didn't grow as a player at all." I said, "You had no chance of getting better because this other team was that bad." I said, "It's only when you're up against it, when times are are tough, is when you see." And you can rise to the occasion when you see what you're made of and you can grow and you can see what you need to work on. When everything's great, you don't know what to work on because everything's going so well. So to, to your point of the, the bad boss, you know, that is, uh, that's only when you, when you can see that, it, that you know what to work on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be a, I think if people think about it that way, having a, because everybody's had a bad boss in their career, but I think they'd see it as a bit more of a gift than they maybe do at the time. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, th- thanks. You have dropped so much value here and, and so many great uh, thoughts for any manufacturers out there that, uh, that are, are struggling uh, with the trade shows or, or this account-based marketing is maybe a, a new, newer concept or you're considering it. You know, really, really encourage you to, to uh, reach out to Carmen. But Carmen, why don't you, let's, let's wrap this up. Why don't you give us, uh, uh, the listeners your top takeaways that, that you want them to take from this episode today? Yeah, I think um, I, 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 just say, I would say number one is I think people really ought to get very good at trade shows, so you maybe need them less. So, and so what I mean is uh, get good at targeting accounts in advance of them and get good at knowing how to follow up with those prospects after an event. And then all of a sudden you can start to begin to imagine how you can make that event itself a little bit more interchangeable. So get good at trade shows so that you're not as dependent on them, which may seem a bit uh, counterintuitive but to me it makes sense and the last one i would say is just like i was just uh, the thing to keep in mind is uh, i think for for most organizations account-based marketing simply equals better marketing and sales alignment because you're starting with the end in mind you know that everybody you're marketing to isn't just a marketing qualified lead potentially but would also be a, a sales qualified lead ready to show up in the door because you're, you're already starting with the sales vetted uh, list and it, I, I just find that uh, a lot of um, um, uh, manufacturing marketers find that there can be a bit of a disconnect or gap between marketing and sales, a little bit of misalignment there. And account-based focus um, uh, not only will it help your trade show presence, but I think it will help your marketing and sales alignment overall. Those are tremendous takeaways, and everyone remember that. Begin with the end in mind. Think of who is who is that ideal customer for you. Who is I, that ideal client? And then work your way back to figure out how do I, how do I get that? And, and that's going to help you at your, your industry-based trade shows uh, more than ever. So, Carmen, thank you so much for, for joining us today. What is the best way for, for listeners to reach out to you? If we have some manufacturers that listen to this and they say, I, I need to know more. I think I want to work with, uh, with, with a partner agency. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Jim, as an agency, as a digital agency, you know, if uh, if you can't go to coolapartners.com and find what you need, then I haven't done my job. So I would encourage the listeners to go to coolapartners, K-U-L-A partners.com and, uh, and uh, join us there. We'd love to have you. And uh, also feel free to listen to the Cooler Ring Manufacturing Marketing Podcast uh, available on all major platforms. And uh, we uh, interview every week uh, uh, a leading manufacturing marketer who gives us their take on on uh, what they're up to these days and what they're finding exciting. And uh, I must always uh, uh, amazed at the talent out there and uh, the great people we get to meet. So I uh, uh, hope you get to tune in. 
And I'll echo that as truly a, a really, really solid podcast that they have, The Cooler Ring. So check that out. Check that out. They've got some great uh, guests on there and always insightful things. You'll be taking some notes. You'll be taking some notes. And I'll drop, uh, I'll drop the, uh, the link to their website as well as information on The Cooler Ring podcast in our show notes today. So thank you again, Carmen, for, uh, for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. And uh, for everyone, uh, please uh, remember that account-based marketing, account-based marketing and some of the tools and the tips that uh, Carmen shared with you today. So thanks everyone for listening to Trade Show University today. Keep on learning, keep moving forward, and we will see you next time. We've come to the end of this class here at Trade Show University, but we encourage you to never stop learning. We have plenty more resources and information available on our website, tradeshowu.biz. Be sure to sign up for our mailing list for exclusive insights and information to help you get your PhD in ROI. You'll find all this and more at tradeshowu.biz. Until next time, class dismissed.